Whitby, Silverstein and Partners are on something of a roll. At a time when many big agencies are suffering from client cutbacks, it's staffing up after a strong 2018 revenue growth. During the span of 18 months, the agency notched three agency of record partnerships, Pepsi, Liberty Mutual, and BMW. For these reasons and others, like the standout work it did for the 2018 Super Bowl, Peter Dinklage, Morgan Freeman, Lip Sync Battle, anyone? Good B Silverstein and Partners landed at the number two spot on the Ad Age A-List, released just this week. Its founders, Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein, will be in Cannes this summer to pick up the prestigious Lion of St. Mark, rewarding a career filled with creative triumphs, including, most famously, the Got Milk campaign. I'm Brian Breaker, editor of Ad Age, and joining me on the AdLib podcast today is Jeff Goodby of Goodby Silverstein and Partners. We'll discuss his career longevity, its highs and lows, his approach to creativity and philosophy on openness. We talk about how he got his start as a reporter and some of his favorite stories about David Ogilvy in the flesh and what the next chapter might look like for him and his agency. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Quad. Quad's focus on client success since 1971 has led it to build new marketing capabilities that help companies stay ahead. You can find out more about Quad's marketing solutions at quad.com. That's Q-U-A-D.com. And now, on to Jeff Goodby. Jeff Goodby, thanks for joining us today on the AdLib podcast. Thanks, Brian. We caught you in a, in a fleeting moment between meetings while you're in New York. You were here this week to pick up your AdAge A-list uh, award. You were number two on the A-list this year. Congratulations. You Not were, bad at all. You were a standout last year. You've had a killer year. Uh, I've already run down the the list of wins and, and successes uh, in the intro. Um, where... W- you know, where are you, what specific areas of the business is good be sort of leaning into now? Where, where are you looking at? A man, we'll do anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was just talking about doing a project with OK Go that we're trying to put together in yeah. the, for the Dolly Museum. And, you know, we're doing an artificial, um, an AI project that's going to be installed in the museum pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did an app. Margaret Johnson, our chief creative officer, did an app that allows you to use a history book in a very different way so you can hold the, the phone over the history book, find an image of a, a male throughout history, and it turns it into news about a female that was lived at the same like time. Contemporary, yeah. Yeah, and told, tells you about her. We'll do anything. That's cool. So, so it sounds like, but a lot of those are pretty, they have tech at the, at the center, it sounds Very like. much so at the center. You're learning. A lot of the stuff we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you and Rich are, are picking up a Lion of St. Mark this year. We won't dwell too much on that, but what do you think of the relevance of industry honors like that? Are you, do you, oh, you know, you, you have to be uh, humble about this stuff. You know, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I don't want to put it down because I'm getting the award myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, if you hang around long enough, good things happen. You'll, you'll pick up some accolades eventually. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not not your first. Um, you guys, you guys were founded in uh, 1983. Uh, Reagan was in the in the middle of his first term. Yeah. Um, Wyden started the year before, I think, or yeah, around the yeah. same time. So, Fallon Miguel got rice too. Yeah. Within a year, all within a year of each other. Yeah. So, as is be first of all, we can talk about like what was in, what was about that moment. Do you think? That, that had that spark? Do you know what fed that? 
Well, it was a lot of forces came together that were lucky for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were working on a freelance account. We were working for Hal Reine, which was great. Mm-hmm. I probably would have gone on and been a creative director or something there. But um, we started at, at working. At Ogilvy, right? Uh, then called Ogilvy. Yeah. And, um, and, but we started working on this freelance thing that was called Amazing Software. Mm-hmm. And uh, we renamed it Electronic Arts. Mm-hmm. It became a good deal. Mm-hmm. for us and, uh, and and i can remember when bing gordon the marketing guy said to me um do you guys you could do the packages for us right like we could pay you a retainer to do our packages and we're like no no, no we don't do packages we're tv guys and you know and, and he said well i think we could give you like forty thousand dollars a month Right. Oh no, we're packaging oh, guys. The, we're good. <laughs> that works. <laughs> um, so, so looking back, so starting in the early '80s, now you've been in the game for a while. Uh, is being in for a long time? Does it have an advantage today, or a disadvantage, or does it is it relevant when you're up against younger, shinier, new agencies? Yeah. Uh, what What are the conversations around longevity in the industry? I you know I don't think it's a, an advantage or a disadvantage. You know, I think I have a bigger horizon than most people in the business Mm -hmm. and um but you know rich and i work hard to uh know what's up and um and try to remain current with things how do you how do you how do you remain current what's your media diet like um i it's not so much my media diet as what i do you know i mean i do a lot of um, editing myself i do i do animation myself i I draw and, Mm -hmm. and paint on you know digitally and um, so I understand that stuff. And when I talk to younger people, I kind of, I kind of know what the toolbox is, you know, right. which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a favorite tool of the moment or toy? You know, my favorite toy recently has been a thing called Art Studio. It's just a painting uh-huh. app. Uh-huh. I'm sure somebody will tell us there's a better painting app, Jeff. <laughs> and I'm very open to hearing that. Cool. Well, that's. I mean, it's. I. I would imagine a, a central to your longevity is the being open to things man being open is what it's about you know i mean creativity it's 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 really a matter of like looking around and noticing that things are right in front of your face Mm -hmm. you know and making connections between things that were no not connected before Mm -hmm. so i I really believe that you know a lot of it's just observation i mean i'm so old that i met david ogilvy himself well i was going to ask you at some point in this conversation about that but since you brought it up what's your best (laughs) ogilvy story well, it's it's apropos of this because um, he was uh, he was visiting the San Francisco office, and you know everybody's afraid to talk to him. So I went in and said hi, and can I introduce myself? And he said, "Do you have any cigarettes?" Said, I'll get some. Yeah. So I ran out, got cigarettes, came back. And it, for a long time, I kept one of the cigarette butts actually smoked by David Ogilvy and had it on my wall. Um, but what was I, the brand? You I bet I still have it. Yeah. I'm all bros. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I sat down with him and he said, um, smoking, how long do you think you, how many hours do you write each day, Mr. Goodby? And I said, uh, oh man, the answer must be like 10. So I said, you know, eight or 10. And he said, you can't write for eight or 10 hours. Come you on. should write for two hours and spend the rest of the day finding things to write about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I hope my reporters don't hear that. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's true. You have to go out into the world and experience life and know what people are, are all about. Um, you, uh, um, 
you guys, uh, so after, so you went out and you, you started, you teamed up with Rich, uh, both guys from, with publishing backgrounds, really, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, how is your, he was a Rolling Stone, uh, you were at Harvard Lampoon at one point. Yeah. Um, how is a publishing or even journal, did you do actual journalism at, at a certain point? Actual journalism. Actual, yeah, I mean, did. As, you did. It was like a city hall, you know, police fire city hall reporter right. in Boston. How'd that, <laughs> I did some, I did some town hall meetings in Boston myself. That's, for, that's what I did. For, for, in Needham and Newton. What, um, how did that inform? I did it in Peabody and Salem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> similar vibe. <laughs> what, uh, how did that inform, uh, your advertising career? Well, you know, when, it's true. I heard Bill Bernbach say something about this. He said, you know, a writer writes for him or herself. A communicator actually cares about the person at the other end mm. and what they're going to take away. And, and I think that's what I learned at a newspaper is you actually have to pay attention to what people are thinking about what you're writing. So you get, you get like a feedback loop going and you kind of care about whether you're communicating with anybody. Mm. When you're in high school and college, you don't give a shit about that. You right. know, you're just, I'm cool, <laughs> you know. Well, and in print My brother didn't even understand that. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and concision, right? Concision is key when you're working, concision, especially in, yeah. in print. And simplicity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you start to understand the the need for simplicity and clarity mm. and 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 also, I mean, you probably do this too. I can write really fast. Like yeah. I get ideas really quickly because I had to. Mm -hmm. Like my brain developed like a circuitry that was. I had to write like three stories a day. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I've been there. And and but now when you write something fast, people say, "Oh, it took, you wrote that so fast." And you're like, "No, it took me twenty years to, <laughs> to, to write it." It actually took me twenty years to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so you you guys first first sold in the late '80s. This is before you were rolled up into Omnicom, a lot of agencies lose quality after a sale. How did you maintain? Was it a, Well, the it? first sale that we did was really more of a little exchange of um, intellectual property mm -hmm. with uh, Bose Massimi Pollitt in London. They came to us and were interested in buying our agency. And we sold them, I think, 30% of the agency for some not large amount of money, mm -hmm. largely because we thought they were the best agency in the world at the time, and we wanted to learn about account planning. Yeah, you guys were really into the the, early, the London guys. Early we were on. into the London thing, yeah. and uh, and and so we actually this is like a, a player deal. We actually got John Steele, mm -hmm. our first head of planning, who was the vice chairman of Bose Massimi Pollitt, to come over and be our head of planning mm -hmm. as part of that deal. So it was like a cash and player. Okay, so, that, <laughs> so that, that helped help maintain some of the quality along along the along the way. What's um, uh, but now now you guys are, are then, well, then yeah. yeah the rest of that story is in 1992, Bose Massimi Pollitt was about to be taken over by a French agency then called BDDP if you mm -hmm. remember them at all and the English really hate the idea of being run by the French so they came to Omnicom and said mm -hmm. you know buy us now please. You know, America, we're cool with Americans. <laughs> and so um, Bozeman Simi Pollitt was suddenly owned by Omnicom, and Bruce Crawford, the chairman of Omnicom at the time, still a good guy friend, okay. said, uh, listen, I don't want to own an agency in San Francisco. You guys should just, like, buy yourselves back for whatever we gave you mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just go on your way. And so I went back to Andy and Andy Berlin and Rich and mm -hmm. said this is what they said, and they were like – 
I don't have the money. You know, it's in a boat. Yeah. They just bought a house. <laughs> I have a new Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like that. Yeah. So, so I went back to Bruce and said, they don't have the money. And uh, he said, okay, well, here's an option. We buy 100% of your agency. But I don't want to own anything in between zero and 100. Mm. It's one or the other. Mm. And, and frankly, we were having some partnership disagreements at the time, which I think probably would have been fatal and so it wasn't a bad idea to do this because mm-hmm. um, it, it valued the companies. You know, Andy wanted to come to New York and do big things. And I think that we would have broken up and, you know, we would have gotten to the point where we were going, well, how much is my third of the company worth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and disagreements about that kill you mm-hmm. in the end. Would you, are, you know, there's a bit of a moment of uh, shops buying themselves or parts of themselves back. Mm. So with Johannes Leonardo most mm. recently. Is that something that, that would ever be on the table for you guys? I think it would be very expensive for us. Yeah. More than a boat or a house. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, you know, there are younger people there. Who knows what they'll do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Omnicom scored its highest stock price uh, uh, just just this month since 2017 what are they what are they doing right yeah i think they actually value creativity mm-hmm. to a greater degree and so personnel tend to stay around there um and you know and i and i think that they they just have really smart people at the top of the company mm-hmm. and they they tend to cut losses and move on to bet to bet big on smart companies and smart people mm-hmm. and and they were very good at acquiring, you know, things that that grew, mm-hmm. you know, like us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the management consultancy moment? And we have Accenture scooping up Droga Five. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I was talking to David about that. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see w- what it means. You know, the, the my friends at the Monkeys in Sydney are mm-hmm. a- affiliated with Accenture now, mm-hmm. and they seem to feel that you know. At this stage of the game, Accenture is not messing with them in any um, in any bad ways. Mm-hmm. So they feel pretty comfortable with them. Like, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, com- I guess the dream is you have a company that just totally leaves you alone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, perhaps a, a company that's in a t- totally different business is a perfect candidate for that because mm-hmm. they don't know anything about what you're doing right at the same time they don't know anything about right. what they you're can doing come up with that can be bad demands. too yeah, yeah yeah do you ever miss being small yeah i do sometimes luckily you know we get fired by clients and they get to be small <laughs> <laughs> what was your toughest uh, account loss of your career oh man there are lots of bad ones you know? <laughs> give me three your top <laughs> top three <laughs> Uh, when Budweiser was acquired by InBev, yeah, that was bad because we we're in the middle of doing the Bud the, Lizards, the and Lizards, the, yeah, in the 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 Clydesdale things and so on, and they kind of went, "We don't need you anymore." Okay, <laughs> um, I think I think at some point we had to mutually part ways with Porsche because we were working on an they started working on an suv that became the cayenne and we already had a mm. suzu mm-hmm. and we basically said no we can work on both things and they said no you can't mm-hmm. and so we that was painful and then of course the chevrolet thing was painful just because it was so mega yeah. and, and 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 i i got to really love detroit and the people at my office there 
were awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had like 225 people working there for us. And so it was complicated. They have to be let go or absorbed in no, elsewhere? No, well, luckily, yeah. I must say, John Wren and I kind of worked out a deal with um, <laughs> with, with uh, uh, McCann. And because we kind of had a joint office there in what, the What end. year was this roughly? Um, 2007, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we, uh, we had, a, we sort of had a joint office and so they, they came to us and said, you know, Chevrolet wants to consolidate everything and okay. Um, what would the terms be? And, and so I, I talked to Ren about it and said, you know, um, keep all of the people in the office, offer them a job, um, um, honor the lease with the landlord because I liked the landlord in Detroit. He was a good guy. And um, give us a bunch of money <laughs> and we'll, we'll leave. Mm -hmm. And so we, it all happened okay. that way. It was good. Yeah. It was good. So how much of your success stems from competition? I mean, you were we mentioned Wyden before. You guys came up along uh, at the same time as Lee Clow. Um does that sort of uh, caliber of peer heighten your own ability, or do you sort of put blinders on and just do the work? You got to do a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I mean, more than any other agency, I think Wyden has gotten people riled up at my place and cranked up to do better work. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Crispin had that role a little bit five or ten years ago, but yeah. Wyden's been the one like all along that's always been there. Well, Bogusky's back. Do you do you talk to him at all? Do you, do you, I haven't talked to him since he came back. Yeah, it's so funny. What do you make of that? I listened to his podcast a couple of times. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what do I make of that? It's hard to come back. Yeah, I, I, here's here's what I immediately thought you were asking me before about. You know, how do you keep up on the business? Basically, I think if you're away the, away from the business for five years or whatever he was, and maybe it was even a little more than that. Eight, but he he dabbled along the edges and he wasn't he did. completely gone he wasn't completely gone yeah because it's hard to it's hard to stay current yeah you know um you kind of lose your you lose your fastball yeah. you know, a little bit you, you don't bring a fresh perspective having been gone i'm sure that's what i would say yes <laughs> <laughs> um you know and then in turn you guys have spun off so much talent from you know just a you know list of people have gone through yeah, your door. Proud of that, Jerry Graff, John Butler, Chuck McBride. What um, you're proud of that? Do you yeah. is, is talent nurturing something that you deliberately focus on, or yeah, because it's actually a way of you know obviously increasing the quality of the stuff that we do, but it's a way to have people stay there. You know, I tell them, listen, every person that comes to this place changes it somehow mm -hmm. for better or worse. And, you know, you get the chance to do that here. If you go to another, if you go to another agency, I don't understand why you would do that unless, you know, there's an opportunity to work on something better. But when it comes to making more money, we pay pretty well. Um, when it comes to opportunities, we look for opportunities to keep people. And, and in the end, I actually say to some people like John and Butler and Sean, um, the only reason to leave this place is to start your own place. Mm -hmm. And I've said that to a bunch of people at my place now, and they know who they are. And um, yeah, because there are people that I just know could. Are you do you're it. currently encouraging people to to, to yeah, start their own? Sure. Place, yeah? yeah. I mean, I'd, I it 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 makes them go, hey, this is a place that you know is going to help me learn what I need to learn to do that. Now, not not everybody's cut out for that, mm -hmm. you know. 
Well, I mean, even speaking of talent and, and, and being competitive for a talent pool that is smaller or at least more picked over by other people, you've got tech giants all in your backyard. Oh, yeah, they pick over this stuff horribly. How do you deal with that? Um, well, a lot of the people that go off to the tech giants, they, they, you know, they end up in an in-house agency that never really makes work that sees the light of day. Mm -hmm. We've done a lot of work for Google. None of it's ever been produced. Mm -hmm. You know, you get paid, but none, none of it gets produced. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I deal with it by saying you're going to get a lot of money. You'll get more money than you will in advertising in general at, at Goodby Silverstein or Whiting Kennedy or someplace like that. But, you know, you're not going to do things that are famous. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do things that, you're, that people will talk to you about at cocktail parties. And I'm kind of a junkie for that part of the business. I mean, that's better than money. Well, me. how much, but how much, how, what's the percentage of, of the work that you do that does get famous? I mean, not, you, you know, most famously you guys were, were behind Got Milk. Um, how much, how, what's the ratio of uh, non-famous work to famous work? Well, these days it's weird because it's almost like, yeah, I can, I can say, you know, we had a rap battle with Morgan Freeman on the Super Bowl last right. year and some cab driver will go, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, is that the best thing we did last year? Maybe there's some things that are even better that the cab driver wouldn't know about. Mm -hmm. But when you tell the cab driver, you know, you should go online and see that Dreams of Dolly thing, mm -hmm. the next time you see them, they go, holy shit, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And, um, you know, the things that we do now sometimes are – they're directed at smaller audiences and they kind of um, surround them in, in, you know, in ways that, that TV commercials and traditional advertising didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, we have this thing we call mass intimacy, which is what we shoot for. When we were working for Nike, there was a, a thing called dry fit that they came out with and they had a, a running clothes that were really light. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that one of the things that women who um, were using their clothing at the time complained about was that it chafed their breasts, mm -hmm. chafed their nipples, and people would put Band-Aids on themselves and stuff. And this new stuff didn't do that. And I thought that's exactly the kind of thing that we have to use in the advertising because it shows that this enormous athletic company knows about some tiny little personal thing like that. Mm. That's amazing. You know, I mean, we ca I called it astonishing intimacy at the time, but it's basically – what you shoot for now mm -hmm. and and did it work for them yeah no it worked <laughs> well yeah you wouldn't bring it up as far as i know <laughs> <laughs> they're still out there um and now um you know we talked about talent a little bit you you're handing reins over to margaret johnson how, how are you feeling about that terrific she's she's amazing uh, you know, the thing about her is she, she's not just a good creative person which she proved to be you know 15 years ago but She's like a good boss. She's very clear, mm -hmm. you know, and you ask her a question about something and it surprises you how, how she's thought about it and what she thinks of this person and what her plans are for him or her and stuff. Mm -hmm. she's, she's, she's got it down. Mm -hmm. It's good. I'm, I'm very proud of her. Yeah. So and then as you go forward, where do you, where do you see yourself or where would you like to see yourself in like three years? Um, I, I, I like thinking of connections between things like you know putting the dolly museum together with us and coming up with a third thing somehow mm -hmm. um you know putting us getting us in in with bmw which we weren't you know mm -hmm. getting us together with new new accounts and trying to think not not just thinking of going to this account and pitching it but coming up with an idea that actually makes sense for them mm -hmm. that 
that is something pe- nobody's ever done before. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it's kind of more like being a movie producer <clears throat> than executive producer than a creative. Di- I mean, I still love creative directing, and mm-hmm. I do it. You know, I I do it on several accounts, but I, I kind of get a kick out of putting these big things together over the top of it, and then going, you know, take this and do something like with making it. the deal and handing it off. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have do you do do you, do you have hobbies? Do you do do the art or in your yeah your do free the art? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do yeah, still, I paint. Do you still write much? Yeah, I write. Yeah. I've been trying to write something about this company. Really, it's fun. It's fun. It's in. I mean, yeah, I write all the time. Yeah. Um, what do you make of the the overlap in in services now? You're seeing the in-house uh, phenomenon at brands, uh, creative arms at media companies like T Brand Studio, VaynerMedia making TV ads. There's a lot of uh, blurring of lines and swimming outside of lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think about that much? Well, I think a lot of agency people are automatically, you know, resentful about that or mm-hmm. prideful. And I don't think that's the right reaction. I, I mean, I would do that if I were a client. I would, I would definitely look at it and consider it, mm-hmm. especially for things that are not particularly talent-intensive, in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, certainly for media stuff, I, I would consider it if I were a client. I, I do believe that it's incumbent on us, the agency people and the media companies, to prove why – we're better than that. Mm-hmm. We have to be smarter. We have to offer something they don't get that so, way. So how do you, what is the pitch? What is the, here's the, the, the Goodby Silverstein point of differentiation? Well, you know, the pitch I always think, and it's not, it's not just endemic to us, is to say this is a perspective from outside the company with people that have done this stuff for a long time. And um, you're not going to get that with, you know, a bunch of people that are thinking all day about your wedge. Mm-hmm. You just don't get perspective. You know, you're going to get better perspective from somebody that spends a quarter of their time thinking about your widget and the rest of the day is thinking about something else or people in in general and how they get information and what their lives are like. And I think that's what we offer. Uh, And if you were to start an agency today, would it look like your agency looks today? (laughs) You know what? I have no idea. I'm I'm sure that it would start – would start way out on the horizon and move in rather than starting inside and moving out to the horizon, if that sounds really zen. But I, I think I would try to boil the ocean and do the, everything. I'd try to do everything and anything. And, you know, I, I think people like Bogusky have, have done that to mm-hmm. some degree. Um, you know, I think that we do it. I think Widening Kennedy certainly does it. And, you know, just to just start with things that are big projects that nobody's ever seen before rather than going, hey, we got a beer, you mm-hmm. know, or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, do you get tired about talking about got milk? No, I don't get tired of it. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was very – I don't know if you saw that, but somebody made – some PR company made this bracket thing mm-hmm. with um, with the great taglines of history kind of facing off against each other. Yeah, yeah. And got milk did really well with that. And – you know, I mean, I'm I'm proud of it. It's um, it's something that you know people emulate in terms of brevity and uh-huh. dumb simplicity, yeah. and uh, so I'm, I never get tired of it, and I and, and I don't get tired of the spirit that went into it, which was always to be really inventive and you know to do things that surprise people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the internal pushback. 
Was there, was there mm -hmm. um, inside my company? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were people like John Butler that thought that milk was the most boring yeah. thing in the yeah. universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there was actually a campaign, I think, out of the Milk Advisory Board in California, like maybe a decade ago, with white gold uh, as the, it was like a, a rock star. Yeah, we did that. Milk. That was you yeah. guys, right? Yeah, 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 we yeah, did yeah. That. Loved that. I thought that was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, we did that. Um, so that's, th that shows you, I think, a dimension of got, I mean, when people think of got milk, they think of TV spots. Right. But we did things like that. We did a, a game online before anybody did that yeah. kind of stuff called Get the Glass that was really big. Right. And it was really nicely done. I mean, the, the art director that did it actually built the whole set on, out of cardboard on his desk and thought the whole game out. And then they digitized everything. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. you know? um, great. So uh, we are at the, 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 the waning minutes here. Um, we mentioned the Harvard Lampoon briefly. Did, was is there anyone talk about those days a little bit? I mean, you must have a story <laughs> too. <laughs> who was on the Who was on staff when you were there? That we, uh, that we a might lot, not. A lot of people were, were on staff. And what happened just before I got there was that um, Doug Kenny and Henry Beard left to start the National Lampoon. Right. And uh, that, you know, I must say at the time, I I thought. That kind of humor, you know, it's funny at Harvard. Nobody else is going to like that stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was totally wrong. Of course, mm -hmm. years later, Saturday Night Live and Stephen Colbert and, well, and Caddyshack Jimmy and, Fallon, and, Caddyshack, yeah, yeah. Animal House. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, you shouldn't listen to any stock I tell you to buy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did have, I did wonder to myself whether this was just so bratty and undergraduate, nobody's going to like it. Of right. course, we all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, great. And uh, any any hair grooming tips on our way out? It's getting tired. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to change the, change the style well, sometimes. When was the last time you had it, short? <laughs> oh, when we started the company. It was yeah. kind of as long as yours is. Yeah. And I had a beard. Yeah. So... Cool. That's the look. They could go back to that. Yeah, well, then I'll go to you. <laughs> and we'll, we'll trade. Uh, cool. Thanks thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Brad. I want to thank Jeff Goodby for joining me today. It was a real honor to have him here on AdLib. I am Brian Breaker, editor of AdAge, and this has been AdLib produced by Max Sternlicht. Be sure to check out our other new podcasts we've launched in the recent couple of weeks. We have Marketer's Brief, which is all about all things marketing and what's happening in the news cycle in terms of brands and brand moves. That is hosted by our marketing editor, E.J. Schultz. And also be sure to check out Adblock. It is our creativity podcast where we have agency creatives come in and talk about everything except the work they do. That is co-hosted by Alfred Mascaroni and Ishan Sherwood here at AdAge. Be sure to check us out at AdAge.com. You can subscribe to us at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Play, wherever there are good podcasts. And before I go, I would like to thank our sponsor, Quad. Did you know that in a recent survey, 80% of consumers said that they were more likely to do business with a company that offered personalized experiences? Find out how the new Quad can help you at Quad.com. That's Q-U-A-D. Dot com. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week.